0: Hello, Matt.
1: How are you? Yeah, very good. Thanks, mate. Very good this week. What about yourself? Good. How's Cheltenham treating you so far? Uh, yesterday was decent. Today, not so much. Uh, but I'm enjoying frittering away a few of my winnings this week.
0: Yeah, yeah. You've got a few uh, few winnings to fritter away as well. We'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm enjoying Cheltenham as well. It makes a nice break from the golf, and uh, I always love Cheltenham. Um, you know, speaking as a New Zealander and, and ha- being living over here now for a long, a good um, seven or eight years now, but um, you know, uh, Cheltenham is just—it's—it's—it's uh, it's, it's a staggering sort of uh, uh, um, thing to see when you know when the crowds are there. It's always an incredible thing to see, and then uh, to to sort of—I read some of the bookies' reports on, uh, like Star Sports, for example. Read a, they do a daily report on some of the gambles that they take, and some of the punts are eye-watering. Like, um, you know, there was a. Something like a €350,000 bet on monkfish today, do you know? Um, so, you know, it, it's it's staggering to me some of the, the... Really, the big fish come out to play at Cheltenham, really, don't they?
1: Yeah, they certainly do. Yeah, I've just finished reading Simon Knotts write uh, up for star spots. Um, I yeah. think it was even better than a monkfish. I think it was in the first on a... Bob Ollinger, so he was Sorry, getting, I beg your um, pardon,
0: I beg your pardon, you're right, it was on Bob Ollinger, I mean, I, mean, I was thinking, uh, I think, uh, halfway through that sentence, I was thinking, I don't think I've got it right, you're, <laughs> you're right, it's Bob Ollinger, yeah, I mean... I, I mean, mean, whichever uh, punter it
1: was, is getting a bigger multiple on Bob Ollinger too, it's a, it's a very, it's a brave man's bet, putting uh, that much on, But was it just short of two 2-1, it went off?
0: Yeah, yeah, so, uh, you know, it's, it's great to watch um, Cheltenham, and uh, you know, these monster gambles are uh, pretty eye-watering, but um yeah, I, I, I had a good day with Honeysuckle. Uh, I followed that horse from almost from the get-go. Uh, I saw that a few years ago in Ireland, uh, not a few years ago, a couple of years ago in Ireland, uh, saw it and have been following it since. So I've been very fortunate to be in the right place at the right time seeing Honeysuckle and then have followed it since, and, and that was class. But I'm a bit like you. That was a good result, and the rest, not so good. Uh, but, anyway, um, I'm enjoying it nonetheless.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think. Um, did you get any fancy um, anti post prices on on honeysuckle because it was shortening up on the day, but it looked looked a good thing. I saw a few with falls fives on it from from a few weeks back.
0: Yeah, I can't claim to have falls or fives on it uh, uh, really from a few weeks. But I think it was three fifty four. Yeah, a few weeks. I got it at three fifty, so I'm happy enough with three fifty. Yeah. I had a nice uh,
1: sentimental bet yesterday. Um, I was just messing around before the race. I actually backed Vintage Clouds. Um, oh wow! Well, it was decent. It wasn't. A, it wasn't a big bet, but just because they were offering seven places, and I mean, it's it's a horse that I've loved for ages. He's such a just a proper horse. So I thought it's going to be his last hurrah. It'd be, it'd, be, it'd be very upset if I back if I didn't back it and it won. So yeah. I had pennies on. But Twenty Eights was always a nice little winner. Keeps me ticking over, anyhow.
0: Wasn't it nice to see Tiger Roll today? Oh, what a horse! Um yeah. yeah,
1: it was obviously the easy sland was was, was very well fancied, wasn't it? But mm-hmm. um I actually watched the race on replay, but it was just jumping like a dream, sort of it reminded me of the national victories where he was just bounding along in front, never looked like getting caught.
0: No, he was tanking the whole way around, wasn't he? Uh I, I had uh, I had a little um a, a little gun. I had some neck as part of my a, a bigger accumulator that was rolling along quite well uh and uh some neck was kind of my ruffie for the entire accumulator and at one point i thought jesus i could do this um but he, <laughs> but but he just couldn't quite catch tiger roll and i mean and i was actually to be honest i was like oh no nah, fair jews good good on tiger roll i was very happy to see it win you know right so that's that's enough about uh chasing uh, chasing uh, <laughs> slow ponies um and, and, uh, as as I alluded to you were uh, you know you've got a few quid to spend because you had what we would call on the trade a week last week didn't you
1: i certainly did um it was looking promising throughout the week um and it got an awful lot more promising on sunday um to be honest um i was absolutely
0: delighted with my uh, performance at the players if you will um, yeah. yeah. So uh, so, um, so you picked, um, just for everyone who listens, I know we're getting, starting to get a bit of an audience now, which is great, and, mm-hmm. and I appreciate that for the people who listen, because, you know, uh, we've got a guy here now who uh, has picked, uh, out of the last three weeks, we've picked three winners, and you've picked... Two of the last two uh, from two weeks ago and this week just gone, and uh, and you shouted for um, Justin Thomas, made a very convincing argument for him, and everything you said proved to be right. He was way over the odds on his money. He played superbly, but that wasn't just it wasn't just him. Take us through uh, who you had last week.
1: Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, on Thomas, quite similar to your um, victory of and I'm not going to victory lap Justin Thomas. Um, he's a, he's an elite golfer who was just a bit overpriced. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I enjoyed that, that he brought it in and I had a fairly chunky bet on him, so I'm glad of it. But I'm not going to victory lap a 20 or one shot, um, even though he was impressive down the stretch. Um, I had Paul Casey as well, who, I mean, he made a quad, I think, on 17 on the Thursday. Um, I backed him yeah. at fifty fives so and he got a full place comfortably in the end. He was just yeah. hitting his irons exceptionally well. Um, his approach to the green numbers was silly. He just couldn't really find a putt. For the majority of the week, um, but that said, a full place at fifty fives is nice. Um, I take issue with Siwoo Kim, um, who I backed at a hundred at the start of the week. Yeah, and unfortunately, he. He had a brilliant Saturday, and on Sunday, he just could not play the par fives. He he three-putted three times on par fives on, on Sunday, I think, Um, and in the end, mm. he was a shot out of a full place. If he'd have just made one of those pars into a birdie, he would have got a lovely chunk back at 100s. Um, mm. But he got a shared place in the end. I think it was as low as about a quarter of a place payout because he was sharing yeah. the place with, with seven or eight. So it's a shared place. It's It's still some money back in the bank and back over the stake mark. Um, yeah. But it wasn't as good as I'd hoped. I was disappointed with Seawell on Sunday, to be honest. Um, I also backed Chris Kirk, who didn't get any money back in the end. But he was up there throughout the week. Uh, I'll talk a bit it more was. about him when I speak about Honda. Um, he just yeah. could not find a putt. He was, I know I generally back good iron players who can't putt that well. Um, but Kirk was just unlucky. He hit so many good putts that just didn't find the bottom of the hole. Um, and in the end, he finished about 48th, which I know sounds silly to, to be bemoaning the claims of someone but he was so good on Friday and Saturday he had a really low round Friday shot seven under um, but on Sunday he just went backwards once his chance had gone um, so a little bit of uh, grumpiness from me there and then i had lovely to the week on the side bets so clean sweep of the side bets I backed top 20 for Jason cocrack at 4-1 uh, Ryan Palmer at 13-2 And Corey Connors, who I talked up last week as just an absolute knock-in as top Canadian at 13-8. to And Connors gave me a bit of a scare because Adam Hadwin was having a a bit of a weekend at one point. They all made the cut, I think, by Mackenzie Hughes. And so he pushed it tight. But in the end, Connors, uh, yeah, to speak about horse racing, stayed on on Sunday and finished about third in the end. So I have absolutely no arguments. Um, Really profitable week. Um, It was a chunky bit on Thomas. Yeah, really chuffed with it, to be honest.
0: Yeah, well done, Matt. You're 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 on absolute swinging form. So well done to you, and uh, and you um, you made you know you set out your stall last week. You make a good case. You're very stats driven. You're very you know very analytical. Uh, you know anyone who really wants to understand you know the, the logic behind Matt's bets, he puts it out there. It, it's very clear to understand why he makes his bets. And uh, he's informed, so definitely take a note from from what he's doing. Just to go back and, and look at it, um, the TPC at Sawgrass, Justin Thomas finished winner, victorious by one stroke from Lee Westwood. Uh, Justin Thomas 13, fourteen under, Lee Westwood thirteen under. Um, Brian Harmon gave it a real charge on the on the final day with a three three under round on the final day to finish twelve under and third, uh, uh, tied with Bryson DeChambeau, who had an uncharacteristically Bad round uh, on on the final day, and uh, and we'll talk a little bit about that in a second. Uh, so tied third with Harmon, and then uh, tied fifth was um, Taylor Gooch on eleven under, who had a good final day round of five under, um, and he was tied fifth with Paul Casey on eleven under, and then um, seventh Corey Connors, uh, once again a good final final day, six under on the final round, uh, Shane Lowry, Ch- Charles Howell the third. Daniel Berger, my one of my bets, who uh, who just started absolutely awfully, and then um, and, cons- and then for throughout the week, throughout the next three or four days, cont- continued to chip into the lead, um, but never c- couldn't it was just too far back uh, from a disastrous first round. Finished um, tied ninth with Jason Kokrak and Victor Perez, one of your um, one of your men as well. See we came as you say. Uh, Sergio Garcia, Matt Fitzpatrick, who had a bad um, uh, final Sunday as well, uh, and John Rahm as well. So, uh, yeah, uh, um, great tournament, though, wasn't it, Matt? Really, uh, it's it's a wonderful tournament, TPC Sawgrass, and it always seems to give these fantastic finishes, doesn't it?
1: brilliant golf course um from start to finish yeah i really enjoy every hole there's there's threat of drop shots but also generally good shots get rewarded um and we saw on sunday obviously there was drama from quite early on with with uh, the the final group of westwood and DeChambo making a a right hash of number 4 i think it was
0: yeah miss wasn't it terrible I, cu- I couldn't believe what i was seeing uh, uh, they both looked rattled uh, you know from that but I agree with you matt it 's a great course every every hole is interesting it 's great to look at it, 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 there 's danger uh, there 's opportunity um, yeah I, I actually love that course and uh, and I thought justin thomas uh, you know uh, at the beginning of the day uh, we, it, it was it was uh, you know Westwood and Dechamba in the final group, and you kind of thought that they were going to fight it out between the but, but Justin Thomas had made such a fantastic third round move that you thought, well, you can't discount Thomas as well. And and you really still with, you know, with three or four holes to go, you still really weren't sure, you know, who was going to win it. Uh, but but the, Thomas, just with that final drive on the 18th, which, as you say, had, sort of had every, anyone who backed Justin Thomas had their hearts in their mouth for a second there because it kind of flirted with the water. But actually, he was shaping and hitting balls just beautifully all day, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. He had it. He had the ball on a string, I think. It was a frustrating
1: watch for Thomas Backer because after his electric um, Saturday on moving day, I think he, on Friday, on uh, Sunday, sorry, he had seven pars in a row and then borgied the, the eighth, I think, um, at mm. which point, and in that stretch he had played so well, his iron numbers were just off the scale and he was losing, I think he lost, even in the whole round once he started to get things together, he lost about two and a half strokes put in um, in the final <laughs> round. Um, and he, he bogeyed eight, but then got it together, and they started to drop. And I think he played nine through twelve, so a four-hole stretch in five under, um, yeah. as he eagled the the par, uh, par five eleventh, and birdied all the other three holes in that stretch. And at that point once justin thomas is in the lead he's probably there's not many i'd have ahead of him to hold on to a lead um he's just seems to when he's hitting it in that no. bit, he just knows exactly where it is it wasn't without yeah it wasn't without scares though um on 14 he thought he was one of the hardest holes at sawgrass and he played two reasonable shots in had about a 35 40 foot lag put lagged it to two and a half feet and then i'd, I'd glanced away at this point I don't think I even thought there's any chance he misses it uh, and he just pushed it I think right off the right off the blade um, so made a dodgy bogey there at which point it looked like it was going to get interesting um, with obviously there's a scorable 16th in there and then 17 we know what can happen there with the the tiny island green um, and 18 as you as not anything can happen can't it but i really enjoyed Thomas's um, his ability off the tee. Um, in past tournaments, we spoke about concession. I think a couple of weeks ago, he was hitting it all over the place off the tee, and mm. that really came back to him. And being able to put himself in position to hit seventeen out of eighteen greens on Sunday just by being in position every single time off the tee, it was it was a nice watch. I think, and yeah, the way it played out, it was it was enjoyable for a Thomas Backer.
0: What draw? What 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 always. Sort of comes home to me when I'm watching Justin Thomas, especially when he comes from, from as you say, it, his, his start wasn't stellar. He didn't uh, he didn't spring out of the blocks. So he was playing okay, um, you know, he was there or thereabouts, but he certainly wasn't you know in the conversation uh, you know too heavily in the first couple of days. Uh, but he was around, but as I say, not 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 um, he, you know, you n- wouldn't put the house on him in the, in the first couple of days. But what I really like about Thomas is he is such a street fighter, isn't he? Do you know when, when he's in the mood and his tail is up, as you just said, it's it's like tiger roll. You, you won't pass him. Do you know, he, he just, he will not be past Justin Thomas if he gets in front and uh and he's just such a scrapper, and you know he's had his you know he's had a few as they alluded to you know a few issues and um and what have you, and he's had obviously the death of his grandfather and and what have you which was a big part of his life and he's had some you know the the ralph lauren um controversy and everything which I actually don't even think was a controversy i i, I would have told them to shove it up their ass if it was me, but um you know but anyway they 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 you know obviously mounted on him a little bit, and he got a little bit out of sorts but Man, when he gets the glint in his eye, I, don't, I just I don't know if there's many golfers better in the world. I think he is just unreal when he starts to get the taste for it and he and he's you know sits, gets a sniff of the win. You wouldn't go against him, would you? He's just tough, isn't he? Yeah, for sure. And what I like about Thomas is that he,
1: he lives and dies with every shot, like he wants every part of that win. And he sort of is it matters to him, it feels. Um, I was thinking yeah. on Sunday watching him, it's so. There's such a disparity between him and someone like even DJ, who is such an elite golfer, but you can never really tell whether DJ is in it or not. And I think because of that, sometimes when DJ is not on, he has those bits where he just becomes completely anonymous and just fades into he has those rounds. Whereas Thomas, even um, Thursday, Friday, where he shot 71-71, which was uh, one under par both days, but he was still living and dying with every shot. He was clearly it was bothering him that he wasn't scoring as well as he wanted to. And I really like yeah. that. I think you can tell he loves the game and he's he's hungry to to get wins, right? Because it had been quite a relatively long time for him since he's won, despite yeah. him being a frequent winner.
0: Yeah, I think I remember him uh, late last year. He was at Hilton Head uh, and, and he had a, a, an awful first round. He was miles off the lead and I had him. And I was thinking, Justin, what are you doing? And he roared back into contention over the next three or four days because he was just... And he said, I, "I'm so I was so angry at myself after the first round. I just, you know, he just drags himself into tournaments. He he wants to be in the fight every single time. He's and he kind of reminds me of an old school kind of golfer, like a Ben Hogan or something like. Just he's just there to win, you, you know. Uh, and um, so, uh, you know, I I, I love him. I, I, I and it was a great a great spot by you because I looked at him. And thought, no, I just he's he's just a bit too much out of sorts. I, I, I couldn't see it, but as you said, that what attracted you to him was the price. You see, he does not; he's too good to be that price. And if he gets his form and he clicks, uh, then uh, you know, then he then he'll be in the conversation, and he'll be right in the fight come the Sunday. And you were absolutely spot on because that's the thing about Thomas. That's the thing I forgot. If he does get in the fight or anywhere even near the fight, he's he's, he's going to roll the sleeves up and give it 150% isn't he yeah for yeah. sure I think I
1: think it's a it's a nice one to win uh, but equally I think it's important to accept as a golf better that it was simply a price driven thing because these are all elite golfers and there was lots of elite golfers playing in the field last week if Thomas was 14 to 1 16 to 1 I probably wouldn't have bet him um, because he was a similar price to others that maybe were more suited to the track and had more consistent form um, I'm thinking Webb Simpson was one of the ones that I was half considering last week but yeah. as soon as they cross that boundary. I think that is the important part to think about whether they cross into being value. And if you'd have backed Justin Thomas for the last five years, anytime he's over 20 to one, you would be well in profit because he's just too good to be that number. Because, like you say, once he's in it, he's rarely out of it. So, yeah, it's tricky to, but, to victory lap, but I think it's it's important to, to to jump on those. We talked earlier in the year about, um, like when Brooks was overpriced and when Morakau was overpriced, it's happened quite a lot this year that players yeah. who were maybe. A little inconsistent, have drifted a little bit in the betting, and then gone in immediately. So definitely something to think about.
0: Yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I want to I want to have this conversation not to to blow smoke up your ass and say what a wonderful thing to keep saying it. What I want to talk about about this is is how to spot these. You know, like how to you know it, it's a it's a really good lesson and uh, you know and and why golfers you know you know how you can spot value and and why golfers sometimes are too big for their you know for their quote and and it was like the conversation we had the other week i think as well the bookies don't know any more than we do about you know golf and, and no one knows any more but if you can if you can see an anomaly and you you saw an anomaly where you said no he's too good to be that price and and and, and so the bookies priced him at that because he was been playing you know so pretty pretty awfully over the last few weeks but the old adage goes isn't it um was it former's temporary class is permanent and 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 Justin Thomas is too good to be you know as you say and that as you said that so uh, it's good to it's good to talk about that your rationale there because as you say that was a price driven decision you you you're looking at that and thinking you know I'm I'm going to I'm going to find out I'm willing to spend my money to find out if he you know if he can you know be in the conversation, because if he because the the form about Justin Thomas and the and the class is that if he is around anywhere in five shots back or by by the by the Friday evening he is in contention and uh, you know and and because and this is the other thing, isn't it? There are only certain golfers who are going to be able to to grab a win and snatch it by making clusters of birdies and, and, and making a run. Not every golfer has the ability to do that on the PGA tour. Some are very honest, good golfers who will you know, chip away and they'll get a shot at a tournament and they'll win it. And that's great for them. And and the, and you know you'll, you know that that's you know, they might be suited to the course or they get the, they get the right start on the day. The weather's good on the Thursday morning or, the, sorry, yeah, the Thursday morning and they get a good start and they get off to a flyer and they defend that lead and they go out and win or they just are in, are in good form and they hold on and win. And that's great. That's what makes this interesting because there's, you know, you, you've got a field of 90 odd players every week that you've got to try and sort out who's going to win. But there are, there are players, there are certain players, you know, probably as we said, I think a few weeks ago, maybe a dozen to 20 players at most more like a dozen who are, you know, able to 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 go on a run and change the course of a golf tournament and change that the, where they are in the relation to that field uh, over the course of a couple of days. And Justin Thomas is one of those one of those players. Yeah, I thought Lee Westwood was uh, Lee Westwood was really. I thought he gave a great interview afterwards when he which because he played wonderfully once again. I was so sorry not to see Lee win on a personal level, but. What was really interesting? He gave a great interview afterwards, and because he basically admitted, he said, "I kind of think my legs gave out on me on the Sunday," and and that's an interesting thing because you know he's he's forty seven years old, he, you know, he's so he's no spring chicken anymore, and and after a couple, you know, big week last the week before fighting all the way to the wire with Bryson Deschambeau, he's in the final group again. Uh, he fights hard again for four days. And he just, he said, I just couldn't feel my legs beneath me a couple of times. or I just felt a bit weak in my legs because obviously, and that's a, you know, this is a physical game. Golf is a physical game. You've got to be in peak mental, uh, mental and physical condition. And I think Lee fought, just kind of put his hand up and said, I was feeling a little bit there on the Sunday. And uh, what did, I mean, it was an incredible performance again by him, though, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean I'd have to take my hat off to him. He was I thought he was excellent on Sunday. I thought it would have been so easy for him to completely capitulate after a post start. um having I think he made one bogey all week up until the second hole on Sunday and then made two in three yeah. holes. And at that point four where he'd had a horrible almost a slice off the tee um, and obviously he'd had a drop shot and it would have been so easy for him to just capitulate and give up at that point but I mean those of us who have watched Westwood for, for longer than just his recent run of form know that's not in his character at all and I was just impressed with his maybe not on Sunday but just his all-around game Um he was hauling some putts he was hitting his irons really well and um, he was really consistent off the tee um, as someone who was had not backed him, I was surprised that he was as consistent as he had been, considering, obviously, he was up there all the way um, at the Arnold Palmer the week before as well. And you've got to feel sorry for Westwood in in some regard, as I say, he's not a young chap anymore. And to be better than, what, 100, 100 200 PGA Tour golfers and be beaten by two just elite talents two weeks running, yeah. I think he can count himself extremely unfortunate. Um, to have not gone into the winner's circle. Um, that said, I imagine the the million and a half dollars is probably a decent cushion for him. Um, that's only from this week. Um, yeah. But I'm interested. Yeah. I'm surprised to see him in the field this week still. I thought he would have withdrawn. So am I. So,
0: so am I. I'm really I'm interested to see that because too. Yeah, you'd I, I, think, yeah, you he'd, he'd
1: think he'd want to play the match play next week with it being a WGC, and then it's the Masters. So that's why, obviously, this yeah. week the Honda is quite a, a dead field, isn't it? Because a lot of them are taking this as the the week out almost I'm surprised but then I guess if you reframe that and think actually maybe he thinks this week is the week he's going to go in he is the form golfer in theory on the PGA tour so in a weak field yeah. places played well yeah. in the past maybe he sees that this is this week but I was surprised to see him in the field
0: me too uh, uh, me too i just yeah after listening to what he said and and you know I'm 48 years old and I'm in no physical shape compared to him and if he's knackered after two weeks, um, you know, how's he going to be after three? Do you know, I just, uh, I, I, I don't know. Um, I'm surprised at that as well but, uh, but fair play to him and look, He's obviously enjoying his golf. He's in he's in rude form, and and maybe just got a bit of tired on the Sunday, which he obviously admitted he did. And maybe he needs a if he has a couple of days. It's not like he would be practicing much at the moment because I think he'll be in pretty you know he's in pretty good form. So maybe he's taking a bit of a break and he'll be fresh. But let's move now. Let's you, you, you talk about the Honda Classic. So let's let's talk about it. So the Honda Classic this week is at PGA National Champion Course in Palm Beach Gardens in Florida. It's a past 70, 7,000 1,125 yards. Uh, this is has the reputation as a tough, tough course. So you know, TPC. We've actually, you know, we, we're actually on a bit of a run of tough course here. WCGC concession was was pretty brutal. Arnie's uh, Arnold Palmer Invitational was no holiday. Uh, TPC Sawgrass is tough as hell. And then you, you move up to um, the, the Honda Classic here at, at PGA National Champion Chores, which, which is, as I say, a past 70. So, uh, you know, there's not much room for error here. Um, par, you know, par seven, 77,125 yards. Water on, oh, I think it's 13 of the 18 holes. Um, bunkers all over the place. Tight, tough, really, really demanding. So it's no it's, it's no uh, sort of Florida spring break for these guys it's going to be really really um, a, 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 um, a a thorough examination of of anyone's game and then you've got this this bear trap which is this intimidating finish which includes uh, holes at 15 16 and 17 which are um, uh, you know have always been known as as, as card killers so uh, the par 3 317th is the hardest, par three on the PGA Tour in 2018, averaging more than half a stroke over it at 3.533. So, you know, it played easier in 2019. Uh, but, you know, you. so you've got a really, really demanding golf course here. And as you just said, Matt, a course um, that is, you know, can be brutal and and a field that is, I wouldn't say it's weak, but it's certainly not. It's certainly not uh, it's littered with stars because they're taking their time off from TPC Sawgrass and going to the match play and getting ready for the Masters. So I'm I'm really interested to see what you've kind of come to in in this field. I, I have to admit. I had a bit of a hard time uh, going through this, so I'm, I'm interested to know what you think and what your picks are. Yeah,
1: for sure. Um, I mean, I, I would, I'd probably go the other way and say this field. I'd say it is weak, and it's just been made weaker. I've just seen uh, Daniel Berger's has withdrawn um, from the event. Oh, wow. Um, which I didn't he had um, yesterday. He withdrew from the pro-am, um, which I knew about, and because of a rib injury that he wanted to monitor and see if he was ready for, for taking it up this week. But yeah, about 20 minutes ago, he's just withdrawn from the event. So... Oh, I guess.
0: Wow. So that's, that changes the Well, he was the batting favourite,
1: wasn't he? He was, he was about 12, yeah, 14 he was.
0: to 1. He was, and he, I mean, his odds were... I, I love Daniel Berger, and I backed him last week, and he only just came outside the places. You know, I had a, I had a pretty poor... Well, a, a very poor week last week myself. Daniel Berger was my, my best guy. Um, he finished ninth, I think, just outside the places. And my next guy was Cameron Smith, who had a good run, but didn't quite make the places either. So... I was I was thinking hard about Daniel Berger this week, but I just couldn't bring myself to back him at the money because twelve to one for me was just too short. I like Berger, and I and I've as I said I've made money off him before. I won, uh, won on that the uh, Charles Schwab when he came back uh, the first tournament back after COVID. I got him, and I was really happy with that. And I've sort of backed them since, but I will not I wasn't going to back him this week. Uh, but that's that's gonna shake up the tournament completely, isn't Certainly it? Is.
1: It's a sea of blue on odds Check. I think we can be thankful that there is no rule four in, in a golf betting Um and we'll we'll do all right from that. But yeah, I think that makes yeah. Sung um will be now the favourite. Um he's down to about eleven to one generally. Um and that moves up. Obviously, Neiman, Westwood, and Lowry have been chopped a fair bit um as appropriate. There's not five points off a piece, but as will happen when you get a short favourite um out, whether it's a horse race or a golf tournament. Um I found you. it an interesting one to look at this week, um, and I was wondering a couple of ways to approach it. Um, the first of which I noticed is there seemed to be about five or six players at the top of the field, and then a massive drop-off in standards, um, much, much mm. quicker than it normally would be, which has led to players that are not as good as I'd normally like to back at the prices that they are. Um, so I found it interesting. It's interesting that it's a, a par 70, so there's only a couple of par fives this week, which always makes it a much more stern test of your irons usually um so par 4 scoring's come into it for me um i was looking at stats to do with driving distance um because historically uh, distance seems to be preferable over driving accuracy for success here or it has done with the players finishing high up in the field mm. um, scrambling as well it's a tough course they're going to need to get up and down so i i was looking at scrambling stats to some degree as well as as well as longer par 4s but I was I was thinking about this, and it's maybe not backed up with stats, but I wanted solid players this week who are going to get it from tee to Green because there's so much danger on the course. There's plenty of water around. And I think it's going to be a mental game this week, as much as it is technical. Like you say, entering the bear trap, there's much talked about it. But at top and bottom, it's a tough set of holes. And half the battle is in your own head when you stood on the tee box looking over 160 yards of water um, on a couple of the approaches, as well as the the 15th and the 17th, which are almost exclusively over water so i've kind of taken a bit of a different approach so when i'm talking through my picks i'll kind of i'll mention some numbers but i've not done it just exclusively on numbers this week which is a bit different for me um there's a couple that just were kind of gut reactions similar to to thomas last week that i just think that price is too big in this field um so a couple like that and a couple born out of recent changes to their stats it's funny we talked a little bit before about looking for those little marginal indicators that a player might be turning around their form um, like we did with Thomas showing little sparks so I've kind of moved away from my general rule of looking at season-long stats and trying to look at much shorter spans of time um, where a player who is generally a poorer putter might have strung together two or three good putting performances and trying to look at that whether that could be a catalyst for a for a really good performance and hitting the frame um, so that's kind of the way I've approached it this week, which is a bit different um, than usual.
0: All right, uh, I'm interested to know then. From based on that, uh, can you please take me through your
1: um, your your sure. So number one um, is Wacky um, Neiman. So he was just a talent based player to start with. Um, as it happens, he's, he's got some good stats to back it up as well. But I put Wacky Neiman on a par with Sung JM in terms of talent. Um, I think he's not far away from the Hovlands and the Morikawas of the world. He didn't necessarily go the route that they did, um, but I think he's equally talented and he started to show aspects of that. So I just think he was 22-1 earlier in the week, which I took. Um, he's closer to 18s now, um, which I still don't mind, to be honest. I think he is the elite golfer of the field. Um, now Berger's not not involved. Um, and he's, he's long off the tee, uh, ninth in driving distance, 10th in greens and regulation, um, and he's seventh in par four scoring too. His irons have been hit and miss this season. Generally, he's a good iron player, um, but his season long stats not so good. But lately, he's been better. Um, interestingly, he's hit, he's made all thirteen cuts in the the performances he's turned up in this season. He's only finished out the top thirty twice, so uber consistent. Um, played really well at Sony at Wiley, um, which is a quite a good crossover course for me. Um, he has played there before, um, missed getting the 59th, but I'm not going to read too much into that. Um, and he's also got a, a bit of a reputation for being good in good in the wind. Um, we need to accept it was really windy at the Genesis, I and mean, he was absolutely horrendous on the Saturday, but. I think, and I said this to someone on Twitter earlier in the day, um, he would have been horrendous regardless of the wind that Saturday. He couldn't hit a green, he couldn't hit it within 20 yards of a green, so I don't think it was the wind that's the problem. He's got a, a lovely low ball flight when he wants it off the tee. Hits a low stinger that should be out a weapon this week um, that not many will be able to call on. So, headline pick is, is Joaquin Neiman at 22s, now best price 18s but factored into the fact that Berger um, isn't starting, I think that's still a decent price. Um, Number
0: two, talking about uh, talking about, before you go on. Talking about talented young players, I agree with your assertion on Jochen Neiman that you'd put him up there with the Morikawas and the, have uh, Hovlins in the game, uh, and or well, just below them uh, in terms of potential talent and and all of the gifts that he's 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 right in the the PGA Tour now. In terms of, I think he lacked for a little bit of confidence in the first season, but I think he's I don't think he feels that anymore. I think he feels at home. And uh, and he looks he looks in contention, uh, you know, when he's, he looks like he belongs and he looks like he's going to win a hat full of tournaments. So I, I agree with you. Just I wanted just to pull stop there for a second, though, and ask you about another player who you mentioned to me a few weeks ago, and I only really have just had my eyes open to him. And that was Doug Gim. I really was impressed about Doug Gim. I don't really care about his last round at TPC and how he kind of fell off the edge of the cliff. But I, but I, because what I saw in Doug Gim on the Saturday was, wow, this guy is a good young player. And I didn't know that he was the U.S. Amateur National finalist. Uh, he, he lost in the final of the U.S. Amateur National, uh, and uh, and he is talked about, uh, as you say, uh, as um, as another kind of morikawa uh so i i, I want to know what you what you thought thought of Gim and uh in in terms of his price i know that obviously he's not playing this week but uh he'd be someone i'll be definitely marking down to yeah, watch I think Gim is in the field this week i think he's yeah he's is 50 he? to 1 i think um yeah i think
1: i really like Doug Gim. um i remember quite clearly i i Oh, yes, too. You're right. I beg your pardon. Yeah. Um, I was, was, was yeah. watching the, the KFT finals uh, and Doug Gim, actually, it was the end of like their Q school in order to get a PGA Tour card, and he had a nine-footer t- to get on the PGA Tour, basically, Um and the stones that he needed to step up, and he held that putt with confidence at pace, um, and at that point, I tweeted, it's great, because at that point i have been backing him for some Corn Ferry Tour tournaments, and it just means I can throw money after him on the PGA Tour, Um and he's kind of come on for the run since yeah. then, and you're, you're right in in comparing him to Morikawa, because his approach game is excellent. He's, he's in the top 25, I think, in approach to the green. Um, he obviously, he lacks yeah. distance off the tee, um, which can hold him back at some courses, makes up with it in accuracy. But yeah, he's considering he's in his first sort of full year on the tour to be within the top 50 in the world uh, on the PGA Tour for approach to the green and general tee to green game. He's got a really solid makeup. Um, so yeah and he obviously showed he can he can really enter the fight uh, on Saturday at the players in some quite elite company so I liked the game I'm impressed mm. with him yeah
0: alright uh, sorry for that sidetrack right uh, so Neiman's your first one who's who's your next so I'm keeping the faith Matt? with Chris
1: Kirk as my second bet Um I backed Chris Kirk last week at 100 to 1 he's half the price this week but he's a quarter of the strength of the field and I was really impressed last week his all-around game bar the putter was Just what I wanted it to be. I thought he was going to place until halfway through the round on on Sunday. I talked through Kirk this kind of last week. He's just got a really solid game, Um, 35th strokes gained approach. Um, He's not long off the tee, um, but I'm hoping his recent form will kind of counter that. He's got decent scrambling stats. He plays the par fours really well. Um, And there's that run of form. Um, He's in his last sort of few events, he's finished second, 16th. 2nd, um, 16th, 8th and then 48th of the players. But we've got to consider that was a blow up on Sunday once his once his round was gone. So he's just been so consistent since his return to the tour. Um, he's played here a couple of times before. He has got a couple of miscuts. He's also finished 12th and 33rd. I'm kind of just backing him to keep it rolling. Um, I think he'll be in the frame there or thereabouts because his teeter Green game has been great. So I can't see him making the big numbers that are possible here. So yeah, Chris Kirk's my, my second bet. Um, my third one I'm going down the other end of the market and this was one I had to just ignore the driving distance stat um because my third bet is Jim Furick. um and I really like Jim Furick for this week um <laughs> despite him being 125s I think he's a cracking bet so obviously Furick is playing across the Champions Tour and the PGA Tour um so he's selecting his his starts very carefully Um, he doesn't play anywhere near as often as he used to so a lot of his stats are driven by fewer performances so that increases the element that that might be not an accurate representation of his current game however that said in his two starts this year he's come 26th at Pebble um, which is a a short course and he's come 21st at the Genesis in an elite field um, which is impressive in itself um, his stats, yes, he's short off the tee, but he leads the <laughs> leads the tour in accuracy, which goes somewhere to, to counteract that. He's 18th in strokes gained approach, second in greens in regulation, and number one in scrambling. So he just ticked so many boxes for me. And despite being shorter than most, um, he was seventh in par four scoring too. So as long as I ignore that lack of distance off the tee and just d- to think of the accuracy as counteracting it, I really quite like it. He's come ninth here before as well. And he's just the sort of solid, steady golfer that isn't going to make any blow-up numbers. Um, he's going to get his ball around. And if he holds some putts, he could be there or thereabouts and make 125 to one look very small. Um, there's also that that lovely ideology of Big Jim as the man who shot 58 as well. And part of me just gets a bit excited when he knocks three birdies in in four holes at the start of a round. So... Long live Big Jim! Um, I'm all aboard this week at 125 to one.
0: Yeah, you're on, i mean, you only laughing because I mean you 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 were on Twitter and you were deliberating at that and uh, and you were saying someone talked me out of it nicely. <laughs> you know, put your phone down, step away from the phone, sort of thing. You know, because uh, I, I, mean, I was only joking because I was thinking, yeah, I, I I can I can see why you've why you've gone with Jim Furyk. He, he's a steady hand. He's he's he, he's a yeah. He's incredibly accurate. Uh, he, you know, he, he's a major champion. He, he knows if he gets in position, he knows how to win, uh, and and or or at least um, run a place. So I, yeah, one hundred and twenty-five to one's very good value. And you know, I'm all about the value. So good, there, that's good. All right. Uh, who, who yeah, else? the other oh, two, uh,
1: and this one's almost as bad as um, Jim Furyk. Um For any uh, new listeners, please don't take this as my standard picks. But my next pick is Keegan Bradley. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> So, Keegan Bradley is part of team no Put. He just cannot put usually. However, um, speaking of finding little idiosyncrasies in people's rounds and little bits of upturns to try and grab onto, um, I've grabbed onto one with with Keegan. Now, he's one of the elite ball strikers on four. Anyone who watches golf kind of knows that. He's, he's great with an iron in his hand. Um, he's not short off the tee. Um, he's actually seven strokes gained the pitch and he re- scores really well in the proximity to the whole stats, um, which should bode well here. Um, he's pretty good in par four scoring. But the bit that attracted me to Keegan Bradley is that I was looking back through his stats um, and for the last three performances, he's actually gained strokes putting, which is almost unheard of for Keegan Bradley. And I was couldn't believe my eyes when I saw it but he has gained at least half a stroke put-in in his last three performances, um, two of which have been in Florida, which is on Bermuda Greens again. So I'm very hopeful that if he can maintain that, again, he could outplay his price quite, quite significantly. Um, he's got so-so course form he hasn't played it a lot recently and um, it was part of his schedule a lot further back but he's finished 12th 4th and 12th here which I think is reasonable um, and he's had a nice little run of uh, trending form 22nd, 60th, 10th and 29th in his last few starts which I think is quite nice and I think in this field if he can even if he can lose half a stroke with the putter I'll take that for a week and if his irons are on he won't be far away Um he's a good ball striker hopefully shouldn't get it too far out of place off the tee and give himself a chance um, and speaking of people who can't put, my last selection of this week um, is Adam Scott. I'll be honest, Adam Scott was a late addition. Um, I didn't. I was just going to go with the four to begin with. And then they added Adam Scott because I was looking at the prices. I was looking at the names on this board and I just there was something that didn't sit right with with Adam Scott being the sixth favourite for the event. Just one ahead of um, Ad- Russell Henley and Cameron Tringali. Um, so I had a quick crunch of his numbers and he's long off the tee. In my head, he's a great ball striker. He's got a good long game. His stats don't really say that this season. So I'm trying to look past it and just hope that he returns to somewhere where he's won before. Um, he won this, I can't remember the year, it was about three four years ago he won here. So somewhere where he's comfortable, he knows he can win, he knows he can play well. Um, he's finished 12th, 1st, 13th and 14th here. So he's obviously a course that he likes. Um, he's not, not Mr cut either this season, which I'm quite impressed with. Um, he has played a slightly limited schedule, but i got him at 30-1, to and maybe that's a silly bet and just a a fear of missing out for adding him just because he's called Adam Scott. But that said, I think when you think of how weak this field is beyond Adam Scott, um, he's also gained strokes put in um, for quite a few weeks in a row now, despite missing a couple of short ones. His long ones seem to make up for it. So, yeah, Adam Scott's my my fifth pick at, at 30s.
0: Yeah, well, I put Adam Scott in my fantasy team because I... Just actually, for the reasons you talked about, his course form is, is 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 pretty excellent here. He plays tough courses very well. He now now that Berg is out of the picture, it actually even makes it more compelling because he uh, you know he's the he's a major winner in this field. Uh, He's a class element. Uh, I I think Adam Scott could have a weekend here. Uh, And, uh, you know, I I think that could be a very good shout. Um, Yeah, okay, he is a little bit suspect with the putter. And, you know, as you say, he tends to make better putts outside, you know, 15, 20 feet than he does inside 10 feet. But he he is, look, hey, we all know what a good player Adam Scott is and can be if he, uh, you know, he doesn't lack in length. He's an excellent ball striker uh and i've you know i've got them in my fantasy team so i'm not going to talk out of that I, I think uh 30 to 1 is a is great money for adam scott so um yeah okay i'm going to uh go through yeah so if you think those that some of those are rough <laughs> you haven't even heard mine yet <laughs> um so i'm going to go uh first of all i'm going to go dylan fratelli uh, my, is, my, is my first bet i kind of have a bit of a soft spot for fratelli uh i uh, he played very well at the masters um uh this or the last masters in november uh and uh i think he was what was he i think he finished third or fourth um which uh, which 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 for Fratelli is a very good effort because the Masters uh, August is very it's, it's long it's it's extremely tough you have to scramble well you have to putt well and and for um he, he he did all of those very well and he was right in contention uh, I think uh he kind of well, fell indeed. away. I'm the, gonna I'm gonna after time horribly here and
1: butt in um any long time followers of mine know I actually backed him for the Masters at 250s um it was brilliant yeah he got a full place and looked like he was in it for some of the weekend apologies I'll stop Victor lapping now
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, 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 have liked Fratelli for a little while myself. Um, uh, he's taken the bit. He's taken a bit of a break, and I think last weekend was his first. Uh, I think well, he might have played one, one, one or two before, but he, he, I think uh, he was back in the fray uh, last weekend, and he finished well. He finished like uh, finished four under on the Sunday, and finished um tied for twenty second on five under, uh, and and he uh, as I've got him at. Uh, 55 to one which I think is great money for Fratelli. Uh and uh, and I'm very happy to take Fratelli at 55 to one um, he, he's a talented player he knows that he can play tough golf course as well he he's a he, he's he can he can do well around here and I'm um, and I'm happy to have him so' I'm, I'm that's my first um respect is uh, Dylan Fratelli um, I'm another guy that um, that last week. Um, anyone who's listened to this has probably heard. I, I, I tend to I tend to stick on golfers where, where I see potential, and sometimes that works for me, and sometimes it doesn't. Um, Tom Hoagie finished um, uh, tied for twenty second as well um, on five under. He had a poor final round on Sunday at TPC Sawgrass. To finish even he had a four even well it's not a poor final round because everyone had a tough final round the Sunday the pin placements were really tough and, and everyone was kind of struggling um although some did shoot some great scores uh, but the majority of the field struggled uh he I I I just see something in Hoagie I don't know what I see I but I see talent I see ability and I see the ability to win a golf tournament at a price. Now he's a hundred to one this week, Hoagie, and and I'm going to take that. And I'm going to go with him again because if he could just if he could just iron out a, a, a few sloppy sort of perform like he just tends to have one sloppy round. And if he can, because he was riding contention again on the Saturday at, at at TPC, and I was looking at him thinking, no, <laughs> don't you dare, don't you dare when you know when 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 I've when I've been on you uh, on and off for the last month, and uh, and and I'm not on you this week. And if you go and win, I will I will walk into into a very deep lake. So I was pretty, um, you know, I was pretty happy to to see him sort of like not do set well on Sunday, if that if that makes any sense. But I yeah, I'm 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 I think in this weekend field, it's a tough test for him. I wonder if he's long enough, but if but if he can kind of keep it straight. Uh, I, I think um, 100 to one for Tom Hoagie could be good, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go back with him again. Another guy who finished on the same score as well, who actually played very well, and who I've who I think is quite an underrated golfer. Do I think he's the most talented, naturally talented golfer in the world? No, but do I think he's got a good, calm head on his shoulders and 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 and, and avoids mistakes? Yes, and that's Adam Long. So he's my third pick. Um, Adam Long, I'm going to take, uh, and I got him at 6061 with Star Sports. So I like Adam Long because he's won before. He 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 won on the PGA Tour. Uh, I think I can't remember. Um, he had he he held off a very hard charge in Phil Mickelson. But he he what was so impressive about it, that was last season. What was so impressive about him was how calmly he went about that, and and how he didn't. Bottle it and, and and so, and, and I've just seen long. I think you know, he's he's had a series of good finishes. Uh, he played well at, at TPC Sawgrass, and anyone who, as I say, got got anywhere around the top 20, I think uh, you know, is, is, is doing pretty well and is, is in good touch. So, I think Adam Long at 60 61. Every time now that i I'm saying all this. I made all these selections before I knew Daniel Berg was out. So all of these might make me even feel better now. Um, So, and my last selection is, um, I don't know. uh, He didn't have a great tournament last week, but, but I see something in in Richie Wierenski that I think um, he's got the talent in the game to, to, to do well here. I think this is more of a place bet. Um, He's 85 to one. He's played well recently. he, 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 I think he found TPC a little bit tough, but I, uh, but I, but I see something in his game. He's very straight. He's very accurate. He's a good ball striker, and I like his putting. So I'm, I'm going to go with Richie Wirenski. So, yeah, Fratelli, Adam Long, Tom huggy and Richie Wirenski are my putts. And, and as I say, they're all, you know, they're all a decent price. So, um, uh, but as I say, I'm, uh, you know, I think that. Uh, uh, my
1: fratelli for me is my best. No, i quite like that Um fratelli was one of the last off my list um i think he, he makes out really well um for here and that he looked in good neck last week as well so yeah i don't mind fratelli yeah he well.
0: did yeah there's something about yeah there's something about that guy fratelli i i, I think he's got uh, an, an element of class about his game that that could just separate him from what yeah. is a pretty average field so Let's see if we can make it uh, four wins out of four weeks. I mean, the, the onus is on me now to have a one. You've had uh, two, I've had one. So uh, if I can pick it up this week, that'd be great. And um, but uh, yeah, thank you very much for everyone who's listening, and uh, and hopefully you can uh, make yeah, some money. Look for the week. All right. You, you too, later. mate. Bye. Thank you very much.